Wait a minute, I hear something. Hey, hey, hey. What's going on, everybody? It's Rick again from Dr. Movie, welcoming you back to another movie in the Jaws saga. Uh, today, we're going to be looking at Jaws 3D. <laughs> uh, the one that was on HBO nonstop when I was a kid. And uh, I've watched this way many way too many times than a person probably should. Uh, and for that reason, you know, I've kind of got a soft spot for this one. Even though when I watch it down, I'm like, yeah, this is not that good. Uh, it's still got some moments, right? Uh, let's just, well, it's it's Jaws in the 80s, right? This was our exposure of Jaws in the 80s. And uh, it's the 80s, no doubt about it. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm such a fan of the original, and I, I'm already looking at, at uh, IMDb rates this a 3.7 out of 10, so they don't really care for it either. Some people think this is the worst in the in the, the whole set. I disagree. I really do. I disagree. Uh, does this movie have its problems? Absolutely. And the 3D craze of the time doesn't really help it much. Um uh, it was obviously a selling point because, again, this, it, it became a big thing again. You had, you know, Parasite came out in 3D, uh, Amityville 3D, Friday the 13th 3 in 3D, and then Jaws 3 in 3D. So, I mean, uh, then you also had your sci-fi flicks like uh, Metal Storm came out. It was in 3D. I mean, it was, it was just the trend of the time. Matter of fact, they were bringing back old 3D movies and showing them on TV, and you would buy your glasses at, like, the local grocery store. I remember going down to the Little General in my town, which is a little gas station, and they had 3D glasses because there's a movie coming on tonight, and you need glasses, and that's the only way you could get them. So, uh, yeah, you get these 3D glasses and watch all these really bad 50s in 30s uh, 3D stuff, right? So, just a reoccurring fad that, I don't know. It's kind of fun, but, I don't know. The, the, the things that they do to try to make it work, you just kind of go, eh. I don't need another pencil jabbed in my face when I just say, hey, can you hand me that pencil? And then they go, <laughs> you're just like, okay. Um... So, yeah, let's talk about Jaws 3D, directed by Joe Alves, or uh, Alves, however you want to say it, who, you know, was a, I don't know if he was a producer, but he was definitely in the production of the original Jaws and Jaws 2. So he's one of these uh, people that's been in by, in, involved for a long time. Uh, also worked on the screenplay with Carl Gottlieb and uh, Richard Matheson, so you still got the original formula of the people that made the first one work. And for that, you kind of go, well, what really happened here? <laughs> Let's do a synopsis. Uh, after a young great white shark finds his way into the sea-themed park managed by Calvin Brochard, Lou Gossett Jr., by the way, uh, works, workers try to capture it, right? 
but the facility's attempt to keep a shark in captivity has dire consequences. A much larger mother shark appears in search of its offspring. Among those who must uh, battle the angry aquatic killing machine are marine biologists uh, Catherine Morgan and her co-worker Mike Brody. Oh, Brody. We've heard that name before. And a pair of friendly dolphins. Yeah, the dolphins. <clears throat> uh, why to watch? It's vicious, suspenseful, and brutal. Okay. <laughs> if you say so. Uh... <laughs> Is I will also say that the most underwater camera work, that most of the underwater camera work is good to. Yeah, I mean I think the underwater stuff looks really good in this one. The scenes shot, the scenes shot outside, are of pretty good quality with a good detail, good focus, and little no grain to the print. Wow, somebody just got to the detail of what the actual film looked like instead of anything about the movie. Uh, worthy and entertaining of uh, if the effects weren't 3D. The movie would totally be totally fabulous, but furthermore, uh, there was the eighties, very much. I mean, I I kind of feel the same way. Uh, now it kind of takes you out of it because you know the three D thing is not this new fad, right? So it does kind of hurt it in a way, and we pay for that because of some of the scenes, right? One in particular. Um, let's talk about our cast. Pretty good cast here. Uh, Dennis Quaid plays Michael Brody. So, yeah. Uh, he was a hot commodity this time. He was in a lot of stuff. I think I saw probably Enemy Mine first, and then I saw Jaws 3. So, I was like, hey, it's the same guy, right? Um, Bess Armstrong, who's uh, Kathy Morgan. You know, I've been wondering about this. And I was asking my wife while we were watching it, you know, what else she was in. High Road to China. Uh, Jekyll and Hyde together again. That's where I know her from. I'm just now looking at this, folks. Sorry. Uh, dude, I, I love Jekyll and Hyde together again so much. It is so bad. But you want to talk about a performance. Oh, man, that's that's something. But I wonder if she's the girl that was in... Um, I'm, I'm looking. Uh, she looks like she was the girl that was in uh, the, the, the spinoff of Three's Company, and I may be wrong here, but she looks like that person. But I was trying my best to figure out what else she was in. I don't see it anywhere. She's been in quite a bit of stuff. The Great Space Coaster. Wow. How about that? Anywho. Um, okay. Well, hey, I'm good with uh, Jekyll and Hyde together. Leah Thompson. One of her earliest roles, right? Plays just a young teenage girl that falls in love with uh, Dennis Quaid's brother. Not, not Randy Quaid, but uh, Michael Brody's little brother, right? From the interesting Lou Gossett Jr. You can't handle the Lou, right? We used to, we used to, that used to be a catchphrase on Hell Ming. We got uh, Simon McCorkendale, who's like, he's a guy you've seen in a bunch of stuff. He always plays like, uh, 
a guy that's always trying to capitalize off of some kind of adventure thing, right? He looks like Michael York and Jim Varney had a baby together. <laughs> uh, but he's always that guy you kind of hate, right? Uh, John Putch plays young, uh, uh, the younger Brody brother. And there's really nobody else to really bring up. Barbara Eaton. Is this Barbara Eaton's in this movie? Where was she at? Maybe she was. Hmm, I overlooked that. Uh, anywho, let's talk about this movie. We got SeaWorld, right? And all the funs and functionings of that. Everybody's having a good time. And, uh... We got a problem because now a shark shows up and they've got these gates, right? These electronic gates, which will come into play several times, be even beyond this movie. But they, they've got these gates up to keep anything from outside coming into SeaWorld and disrupting anything. Well, one day while they're working on these gates, there's a guy that has to go down and do some welding. And while he's down there, he gets eaten by a shark. Uh, and we get some 3D effects of that. Or I think an arm's floating in the water. <clears throat> Actually, it starts off with a a big fish that gets bit in half. We've got a fish head that's coming towards the screen as your opening sequence. Uh, but this is it's it's Sea World, right? So you got the 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 uh, the dolphins performing, the killer whales performing, uh, skiers, you know, all that's all the stuff you expect from from Sea World, and. <laughs> Um, you get uh, a situation where, like I said, the, the gates are messed up. And at one time when it's open, a shark comes in. And it starts doing its thing, right? It starts killing some people. There's a couple of guys in some rafts that are in a raft that are dressed all in black that come out one night. And I don't know exactly what they're looking for. Because I watched this movie and kind of fast forward to kind of get through it again. But I can't remember what they were doing. But obviously they get killed, right? And the shark, you know, kills them. And then you get uh, where it's starting to attack the performers at SeaWorld. And they decide, decide to hire this guy, uh, Philip Fitzroyce. Uh which is this this guy again, and and they start kicking around the idea. Uh, Lou Gossett Jr. has this idea, and, and you've you know you've you've got the iconic underwater aquarium thing, right? Where they built this thing, it's all underwater, and you can walk through and look up and see the Sea World from underneath. You know, it's a great idea. A lot of your aquariums now are set up where they have these kind of things that you can walk through, and it kind of gives you the same effect. Except this is in the sea, and. Uh, they decide, wow, if we could capture a great white shark and keep it in captivity, we would be the only place that people could see this. Uh, which goes back, again, to Orca the Killer Well, the movie, right? Because their whole thing is, if people are willing to pay for a shark, you know, to be captured, what would they pay for a killer well, you know, that's that's this smart, it's a, it's a big animal, it's a killer, you know, it's funny how maybe they kind of pulled from that source of, of the captivity thing, I don't know, but anywho, 
they end up uh, teaming up and, and actually sedating the shark and capturing it, bringing it into captivity. And, uh, of course, one, they think they've solved the problem of people not getting killed anymore. But they also now have this shark, but they're having problems. The shark, you can't keep a shark in captivity, right? It's just going to die. Well, guess what? It does. Well, lo and behold, we, we find out that this was the baby. Mama shark is upset and coming for revenge, I guess. And uh, <laughs> massive, massive shark, right? Looks like a 747 flying, <laughs> flying underwater. And that's the the scene. I mean, if if you if you watch Hell Ming, uh, any of the video stuff, and there's shots of me and Danny floating across space on the back of the shark from Jaws Three. And we did a whole series where all of the creative fans of Hell Ming started making all these pictures of iconic movies and movie stars and stuff and putting the, the, the Jaws 3 shark in all the pictures. Oh man, we had so much fun with that. Uh, if, you, if, you didn't, if you didn't see those, just go back on the Hell Ming page and, and dig them up. I mean, there's a ton of them. There's so much fun. Uh, so again... It, it, I think everybody kind of loves this movie, even though it's not a good movie. Uh, it's it's easy to poke fun at. But at the same time, it's got some legit, pretty good stuff in it. Uh, some of the kills, I think, are still pretty decent. But we do have a scene where... Uh, and let's, let's face it. I mean, I don't know if you know this movie or not, but the whole idea of capturing the baby and the mama coming after it is, is Gorgo. Uh, a, a late 60s uh, science fiction flick very Godzilla like right? giant creature Gorgo the small ones wreaking havoc in what is it, Britain I believe in London they capture it only to find out that it's just the baby and the mama comes and really tears the place up kind of the same concept right they took that and ran with it uh, but yeah so now you got the mama you're dealing with and you get where, you know, you, you get the the iconic shot where Dennis Quaid and all them are in the the, uh, the main control center room, and the shark comes breaking through the glass, and it's in 3D, and I guess it looked cool in 3D, but it don't look that great in real life. <laughs> and you end up in this underwater battle, and... Uh, the shark has swallowed Philip Fritz Royce whole. He's still in the shark's throat, and he's got a hand grenade in his hand, which is sticking out towards the front of the shark's mouth. So the shark is so big, it don't even bite the person like it did with, you know, uh, Quint in the first one. It's so big, you just it swallows you whole, right? But he's just kind of stuck in there. He's crushed to death, but he's holding out a hand grenade in his hand. So Dennis Quaid and uh, and Catherine work on distracting the shark while Dennis Quaid uh, gets a metal hook and reaches in there and pulls the pin and they get out of there and the shark blows up and then we get the shot of the teeth of the of the shark of the both sets of teeth come up and form a shape on the screen in 3D. Yeah, I don't know why. Uh, but also the dolphins are a big help. You get a lot of 
you know, the Dolphins are the smart ones of the whole thing, and obviously they're, you know, they're they're keen. They well, if anything knows how to kill a great shark, great white shark, it's it's dolphins, right? They know what they're doing. So uh, at the end, you kill the shark, hooray! It's all over, right? And you're afraid that one of the dolphins got killed, and then at the end, <laughs> you get Dennis Quaid and and or Michael Brody and Catherine celebrating in the water, and the dolphins are up on each side of the screen, in in 3D form and the movie goes off <laughs> that's kind of it um, you get a lot of uh, character development between Michael and Catherine's uh, I don't say love affair but uh, their relationship with each other and then you, you do get quite a bit of Leah Thompson and, and her guy right because there's a scene where they're on these uh, bumper boats out in the water, you know, playing like bumper cars, but they're but they're out in the water and they get knocked off, and you know, the shark attacks Leah Thompson and bites her leg or scratches her leg, and she gets a real bad wound and she doesn't die, but you know, it's none of those things, you know. But uh, I don't know. I, this is one of those that, again, it's not a great movie, but I got a soft spot for it. I guess it's just because I saw it so many times as a kid, and it was the 80s version of Jaws. And I do like that they tried to take it somewhere else in a totally different situation. It is not a shark looking for revenge, except the fact that it's, you know, coming to get the baby back or whatever. Um, I want my baby back, baby back, baby back. Right? (laughs) Uh, I, I do like the idea of taking it somewhere else. And again, the sea parks were a big deal in this time, so... It just kind of made sense. I'm glad that it's not Amity, and I'm glad it's not what we get in the next movie. Uh, So for that, I I give it credit, because at least it was trying to take it somewhere else and do something totally different instead of, here's another shark attacking the same town and the same sheriff. All that kind of stuff, right? So, uh, you know, I'm going to be honest. I'll I'll give this a 3 out of 5. It's not a great movie, even though I do love it. But that's kind of where I put it on my list. And uh, I don't know. Uh, again, if you're a completist, you have to see this one. It's got some laughable moments. And the 3D stuff does take you out a bit. But for the most part, still a pretty solid slick. Slick. Pretty solid flick. Um, and come on. Who doesn't like Lou Gossett Jr.? And, I mean, you got some good actors in this. So, you know, it still holds up from that aspect. All right, folks, that's it for this one. We will check you later.